Welcome back to Speakeasy Security, the podcast from ESET. My name is Ranson Burkett. And I'm Tony Anscombe. And we are here to share a very interesting episode with everyone. And we're going to be talking about NFTs. You might have seen that acronym recently if you're looking at uh, headlines and news, or you might have seen some outlandishly overpriced piece of art. Maybe it's not overpriced, Tony, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But NFTs are stirring up the marketing and art world because of um, its capabilities. But I think if as we do with everything, it's great to just break down the topic uh, granularly so people can understand what it is that we're even talking about. So, Tony, over to you. Explain what is an NFT? So I get the hard job, don't I, Ransom? You get the hard, hard tough so stuff first. NFT is a non-fungible, and I hope I've pronounced that correctly, token. And it's uh, basically a deed. I think that's the best way to explain it, or it's like the proof of ownership. So in the same way we register our cars and we get a proof of ownership, i.e. a piece of paper that proves we own that car, yeah, the car itself is detached from the proof of ownership. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So an NFT is that proof of ownership. It lives on the blockchain, a secure ledger system, so it's all digital, and it refers to something else. So the NFT then points to something else. So, for example, an NFT can then point to a URL that's a piece of artwork. Okay. An artist right. creates a, a, an online digital-only piece of art. And up until, really, NFTs have become fashionable, I mean, they were just images on the internet. I mean, for fun, I suppose. And you could all go and look at them. But now, these images are actually being sold as artworks. And the proof of ownership is the NFT. So that that ledger entry on, on the blockchain. Wow. Yeah. So... Interestingly, this got my attention recently uh, when somebody paid $69.3 million. Not $69, $69.3 million for a piece of artwork by the artist Mike Winkleman. Okay. Uh, and the, 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 it's a collage image, the first 5,000 days. And if you go and look at it, you're going to go, "Wow, okay, that's a that's definitely a piece of artwork." And I can imagine it actually hanging on a wall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if I purchased it, I'd want it hanging on my wall if it was worth sixty. Well, sixty nine point three million dollars. It might be in a, a safe, actually, or yeah, yeah. the safe. Mm-hmm. But this is digital only. So somebody actually owns the rights to the digital file that is the artwork. Gotcha. So. so my question is, is I've got some files on my laptop here, Ransom. Yeah. How much are you going to pay me for them? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I'll make a first 5,000 files and see if I can capture, you know, the creativity of that artist you mentioned. And we'll split the 69 point. Let, let, let's give them a deal. Let's do 69 million even. And I think we'll we'll call it that. Yeah, first 5,000 files. Um, I, I'm floored that this is where we are. I mean, as a society, when you would say that you're going to be looking at um, data, um, you know, from a site versus a physical piece, you know, uh, from canvas or whatever medium the artist uses uh, to be um, displayed. And we're going to go back to that in a second. 
uh, or, or kept, right? Maybe you're a collector. Um, it creates a whole set of questions for me around how is this secure? What does it do? How can they view their prized purchase? And, and also ultimately, how can you display it? So um, I appreciate that analogy because you mentioned the deed it really gives me an, an, an understanding of that you own it. Yes. And physically, this is the rep- representation of it. And when you go to that site, uh, the link, excuse me, you'll actually see what you own. Uh, but let's talk about like the the ownership part of it. I think when the person paid that inordinate amount, I mean, just $69 million for a piece of art, you got to understand, you got to probably think, what does he spend uh, or what do they spend their money on outside of art? Um, if you were to maybe summarize how can an average person get to understanding what would create value on an NFT? I think that would help. Meaning, you and I, as I mentioned, I could go into you give me your computer. I create a, a collage of five thousand files. I create an NFT image, and then I say, "Wow, this is five thousand of Tony Anscombe's first five thousand files since he owned his new machine." Create an NFT gets me a link, and then I then take this to like a Sotheby's or a Christie's, and then. Wow, I now have art. I mean, wh- how how does this really go from just a collection of data into art? I don't, I don't get that. Well, I, I think um, you need to think of it as every anything could have a value, and if you can prove ownership of something, then it's that the value is what somebody's willing to pay for it, isn't it? I mean, inter- interestingly, in this instance, by the way, the artist is now kind of right up there with other famous artists that have produced great artworks but the difference is theirs were physical so david hockney's portrait of an artist which was 90.3 million dollars but i'm sure is hanging on somebody's wall and being enjoyed mm. you know or jeff coon's rabbit which sold for 91.1 well 1 million in 2019 so i mean but for a digital a digital only piece of artwork to suddenly be kind of not quite at the 90 million dollars but yes you know, close to 70 million dollars is not far off is it and it, it's a lot of money now. Could could uh, most people understand that you're buying a a file, a computer file, or a link to a computer file? Because even if you can see something on a web page, remember it's only a file. Yeah. yeah. yeah? So the display is, is is just a computer image behind it. No, I don't believe most people could would ever really understand this. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of flabbergasted myself. <laughs> I'm floored, Tony. But I'm absolutely floored. I do mean, I understand? Yeah. Do I understand that somebody could own that file? Yes. But along with that file, you know, if if I've purchased an artwork that's you know four feet by six feet and it lives on my wall, for somebody to come along and create a fraudulent copy of it or to take a copy of it is kind of challenging. Agreed. But agreed. You know, right-click on the image, save as. You might not get the high-definition version, <laughs> you know. What is it, Shift-Command and 4 on a Mac keyboard, and you take a screenshot of it? And there you go. And you yeah. got the image. Yeah. And did I get the image? And is does it remain unique? Okay, somebody does have the proof of ownership, sure. and I might only have a copy. But to me, if I if I want to own the sunflowers in my painting and have them displayed on my wall. I kind of want everybody to have to come to my house to see them so I can show them off. You've got that right. Yeah. Not type www dot 
myartwork.com or whatever it might be. Right, right. Yeah. You're sending sending a bunch of links to people now. So, Tony, then who would be a customer of this? I mean, given what we know, are, are these people in the affluent world that are collectors of art and are looking for something unique and new to, you know, showcase and show off? Or does this have any other applications? Well, it, it, firstly, it shows a good application of blockchain technology, that it's secure and you, you can have this ledger system. So firstly, that, but let's separate this from, you know, there's two parts to this. Is the NFT itself secure? Well, the, the, the method of creating the NFT and the blockchain, yes. But now how do you access your NFT? So you've got to store it in some way or store your access to the NFT. Right, so so to that blockchain. So now, now Ransom owns his ten dollar piece of art, but I know his password is on all these websites because he he's not he's not smart enough to keep different passwords on different websites. And I log in and I take I, and, and I move ownership of your NFT to to me, and I in effect change the ownership. So. Uh, and we've heard of this, haven't we? We've heard of this, people losing access to, for example, crypt- cryptocurrency wallets or losing access to, um, or, or losing access altogether because they've stored their their wallet on a phone and they lose their phone. But now imagine, okay, you're not going to store $69.3 million piece of artwork or access to it on a phone, or I hope you don't. But if somebody then can log into your account and steal the NFT, uh, I mean, it, it's tough, isn't it? Somebody, you know, scaling eighty floors of a skyscraper and coming in through your glass window and stealing the artwork and trying to take it down the stairs yeah. is a little harder, that, or, or seems a bit harder than it would be to to actually hack your account. I might, I might have oversimplified that. No, no, you're you right. You, that's a great description. And it makes perfect sense. Um, could we potentially see? NFTs being used as a form of currency. While we do know, as you mentioned, the type of things they can hold, could NFTs themselves be a form of currency? I mean, in the similar way that, and maybe if you say, you know what, that does exist already with blockchain for think of your cryptocurrency, maybe that's fine. Or would there potentially be a way that, I mean, we've seen a thousand exchanges for cryptos, could there potentially begin to see some value for NFTs being used as another form of currency? Yes. I mean, that's the the end game, isn't it? I mean, in fact, maybe it's not so different to cryptocurrency. You're buying some virtual currency that doesn't really exist and you can't touch it and feel it, but you you can prove ownership of it. So it's not that dissimilar. Um, But when you're talking about artworks and that uh, the difference is, is with a cryptocurrency, the, the actual piece stored on the blockchain proves your ownership of that piece of currency, and that's it. That's all it is. But with this, the NFT actually points to something else. So what happens, you know, just say you, you and I club together and we manage to get $100 together at the end of the month to buy a nice piece of artwork. You know, what happens in 30 years' time? You know, does the internet even exist? Can I still access that piece of artwork? Does the server it was on still still exist? Is the, who's who's publishing, or who's hosting? You know, surely the, there is obviously a contract in place that I purchase the NFT and the artist has a it is on the hook to make sure it's hosted. 
But what happens when the artist passes away? What happens when, yeah, the internet's changed and maybe files are not stored in the same way? What happens in 150 years' time when actually three generations or four generations' time decide actually, oh, there's this asset in the family, we should sell that, and actually they find the asset (laughs) disappeared 10 years ago. So you've got this NFT that points to nothing or potentially could point to nothing. I'm struggling to understand how you can put value on something that's not within the blockchain, i.e. like cryptocurrency, but is outside. Yeah, yeah. I'm struggling with it too. <laughs> I think it's it's such a new thing. I think, you know, Time Magazine even started covering it and that, that story that you mentioned around that very, very famous piece of art now. And I think the applications of it are going to start, as you said, uh, become a bit more visible and potentially do the things that it's been designed to do. Um, let's see. Tony, what would be the process if someone wanted to create? Are you familiar enough with how someone, let's say there's a budding artist and they're now taking a notice of what could be possible to um, revamp their portfolio, right? They want to appear a bit more accessible and also speaking to their market. So they decide to create um, content, you know, their art. Um, is it as simple as them creating it, finding it, finding a way to digitize and upload it and having a link to it? Or is it much more involved in that there are um, groups, regulatory, uh, potentially like an exchange similar to how Coinbase and all of those blockchains uh, operate? So, Tony, so what would be the process if some budding artist decided, you know what, I want to take advantage of NFTs. I want to create and display my art in a way that is accessible. It's new. I want to revamp my portfolio. Is the process as simple as that person creating art, putting a link together, and then obviously uploading that content? Or are there more regulatory um, elements to it, such as an exchange, for example, like with blockchain or Coinbase for like the cryptocurrencies? So because because the NFT is stored within a blockchain, so yes, there is in effect a mechanism, you know, there's a mechanism in place for for it. The blockchain exists. So therefore, there is, um, I would say an organization, but as you know, it's not an organization. The blockchain exists in the, in the, on the internet. So there is something, I was going to say tangible, but it's not tangible in the way that we think of being actually physical. And the NFT contains other data as well. Okay. So it, it contains um, metadata in there that has, for example, a smart contract. So the percentage that's being paid to the artist. And it it can it's a bit broader than just says, Ransom owns this piece of artwork, here's the URL. So there's more stored in the nft great okay yeah um but yeah i mean any artist could create something and then just and then go to one of the the art galleries that are selling digital images as uh nfts and potentially sell their artwork the marketplace for digital art is is quite big and nifty gateway reported hackers had taken over their accounts and stolen artwork worth thousands of dollars one weekend. Oh wow! Now, interestingly, the the, the thief probably didn't actually leave the comfort of their sofa. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, sure, sure. So, when we think about this, oceans, oceans twenty five or whatever it might be, <laughs> is not yeah. going to be that much of an exciting yeah. film, is it? Yeah, yeah. When, when you see a hacker sitting there, oh, I'm just going to steal some artwork. 
but it shows that actually it's fairly simple or not simple but it's not uh unrealistic to expect actually somebody to step in and yeah. steal the account in the same yeah. way they've stolen other accounts yeah. No, you, I, I, I challenge you on the fact that you said it might not be an interesting Ocean's 25. I think that would probably make for one of the most interesting ones without, you know, some of the antics that they've done. Because as you mentioned, this is the this is the crown jewel of our I think one of the things is, as you mentioned, the security, the uh, the authentication component, um, the valuation and, of course, the the uh, auction houses that are involved create some level of um promotion for it that give it its its value in a way that again with physical art you know you can kind of see see the path that it takes so i definitely think it's going to be a, a bigger story um and, and i can't wait to see what it has what, what what benefits it has for for society um i personally can't uh draw or illustrate very well so i'm definitely not a customer for nft but i'm going to be monitoring this pretty closely um, what else do we need to know about NFTs, Tony? How, how, I mean, I think you might have mentioned something around security earlier, but I want to come in, maybe come back to that component. Um, they're relatively secure because they're based off of the blockchain component. Um, are there any other things for NFTs that should be um, understood for people that are trying to potentially evaluate whether they're getting into the market or maybe just want to understand a bit more? Well, so, so think of this: if it's if it's uh, a digital asset, you need to think of it in the same way that you would, for example, a cryptocurrency wallet. You know, yes. How do you pass on the digital asset, and you know, do, you know uh, do the people, for example, if you pass away unexpectedly, what happens to the digital asset, and does somebody actually have access to it? Yeah. Uh, because if they can't access the digital asset, then maybe it's lost. And and I think the last time I looked, there was. The, the quoted amount was somewhere around $3.5 billion worth of Bitcoin has been lost that way because uh, families don't know how to, how to access after the person has passed away. But and maybe, there's, maybe there's other things in the NFT that you and I are not fully understanding. Maybe there's something in the NFT that says, you know, this NFT gives me, gives me some sort of unique access to the artwork, yeah? Um, but what happens when... Uh, we find an artist who's just publishing images that not is not selling them as NFTs. Um, could I create an NFT for a piece of artwork that doesn't have one currently and go and sell it and claim to be the owner? And the answer is yes, because it doesn't exist. So potentially I could claim to sell something I don't own and create the NFT for it. Because it's unique in the in the blockchain, um, could I steal it from somebody? You know, could I steal it from somebody else? Yeah, um, there's a whole heap of security questions that that come with this. It's not it's not like keeping your sixty nine point three million dollars locked in a safe, or more to the more importantly, in a bank safe that's really difficult to access. Sure, sure. This has gotten. This has definitely captured the attention of people who may have been curious about not only just Bitcoin, but certainly blockchain and its benefits, right? I think everyone associates it with crypto and currencies. And given, of course, the meteoric sky rising valuations of the currencies there, it makes sense. But with these, um, you're really, you know, you're really hitting, um, you know, you're really, really hitting home with that. There could be some additional opportunities that extend to the arts or um, finance 
beyond the ways in which blockchain blockchain is currently operating for crypto. So actually, I, I really love that we're discussing that this week. Yeah, I, I, and just to add, I mean, what I, coming back to that reference is it you know it depends heavily on the reference of the URL where. Or it may not actually be a, a URL. It may be a, an IPFS hash that points to a URL. So it may be using some other mechanism to get to the artwork. But even then, what happens if, for example, the company behind that hash, they disappear. So the man in the middle disappears. Yes. There's, there's just so many. If you, if you and I think about technology in the last 25 years, where is MySpace? <sighs> Right, yeah. and that's my point. Is as technology evolves, things get left behind. Yeah. So, what we're thinking about today, will we be thinking about in twenty-five years' time? Will you still be able to access what what was there today? And that's a great question. It's a really good question, especially when it has such a big piece of value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, those are all good points, Tony. Um, I really appreciate this conversation, and I know we didn't take a break for a drink, so I think I'll do it right now. Um, sipping a, I went back to the old faithful Lagunitas IPA, Tony. Yeah. You know, it had to rear its head too good to be forgotten. Uh, just a regular old IPA from a great beer house. And what about you? Well, I have a hoe garden. Hoe garden. I haven't heard of those. Yeah, a hoe garden, which is, uh, from Europe and it's that cloudy white beer. Oh, okay. Very good. Kind of like a half a white sin, huh? All right. Yes. Very cool. Well, cheers to you, my friend. And with that, for anyone that's interested in more about NFTs, Tony, I think we're going to put something in the show notes and put a link actually to that time article. It'll probably enlighten a lot of people. Uh, but I definitely want to keep this conversation going and have people follow us, uh, not only on our Twitters, but of course, I know you post a lot of content on your LinkedIn as well. Um, if we see anything more from NFTs, I think we can do a follow-up episode because maybe it will have moved from art to something else <laughs> and, well, and it'll be time highlight. yeah well jack darcy the the founder of twitter is selling his first tweet he's selling his first tweet for how much uh that's a good question yeah. it's he's selling let's see what somebody's willing to pay sure sure okay that's that's you got a deal then that's a follow-up we'll do when jack darcy sells his jack darcy excuse me sells his first tweet as an nft right it's going to be mm -hmm. an nft okay uh, and we'll come back to you on that one because I think that's very important to, to, to kind of follow up with. Well, Tony, with that, I think we're going to close out this week's episode. Thank you for joining this week on Speakeasy. That's a wrap, Ransom. <laughs>